Welcome to the Monday Night Raw review here on the WWE Podcast. We're going to get into everything Monday Night Raw that took place last night on February 7th, 2022, including the bizarre 20-minute opening segment of a fake game show. That's right. We're at the road WrestleMania, and WWE opens their show just le- just less than two weeks away from Elimination Chamber, and they open it with a game show that was um, not good. We'll put it that way. The show did have some bright spots. Lita takes down Becky. Seth and KO continue their tense friendship as Kevin Owens' obsession with getting into the Elimination Chamber continues. So we're going to get it all rolling right after this. Hey, so if you guys have a podcast or are thinking about one, you know how important it is to have great audio quality and have great intros and outros. It tells your audience that you're serious about what you do. So don't leave your audio up to chance. Get it done by a professional and look no further than Alex with DB Sound. He's on Fiverr and has over 1,300 five-star reviews. There isn't a single negative review. Guys, I've never seen this on Fiverr. So check out DB Sound. And what does he offer? Well, there are three different packages starting at $10, $20, and $30. And he offers volume leveling, noise minimizing, adding your intros and outros. He'll deliver it as an MP3 and a super quick turnaround. That's extremely important, right? You want your product done well, but you want it quickly. So again, you're going to want to search DB Sound, all one word, on Fiverr. And I'm going to put a link to this service in the description of this show. So you're going to want to check this out, guys. DB Sound, go check it out and experience it for yourself. And you'll understand why there are 1,300 five-star reviews for this service. So check it out, guys. You'll be really glad you did. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 8th, 2022, and we're on the road to WrestleMania, the thick of the road to WrestleMania, as things are gonna continue to get more and more tense as we as we start to really hone in on the matches that are going to take place at WrestleMania, the rumors will heat up, but eventually things will come into focus and they'll be coming into focus in a much bigger way. Once we get past the elimination chamber pay-per-view, which is on February 19th. So in Jeddah, so yeah, Saudi Arabia, we get, we get to deal with one of these Saudi Arabia pay-per-views again, but this one has pretty significant consequences when it comes to WrestleMania. So we're going to, Of course, get into all the nitty-gritty of Monday Night Raw in just a minute. But I want to thank you, everybody, for listening, number one. And specifically, a shout-out to two people who have joined us on Patreon over the last week. And that is Matt K. and Zach D. So uh, instead of giving everyone's full name in the interest of privacy, I'm just going to give initials. Uh, So Matt K. and Zach D., you know who you are. Uh, Thank you so much for your patronage. I just sent both of you the Discord link, so you should have it, and you can use that anytime to talk wrestling with all the other patrons, and it's a great place, especially during live events, I got to say. It's so much fun. Even if you're just a an observer, a spectator, it's a lot of fun to watch, but of course, you can get up and, and participate and play in the game anytime you'd like, so 
Uh, the a couple other things, as I normally do, the housekeeping at the beginning of the show. I know a lot of you just want me to get into it, but I, you know, if I feel like if I don't mention this stuff now, it's just going to get lost. So first, if you haven't taken a listen to Ashley Mann's podcast yet, you know, you guys know Ashley. She's been with us from the very beginning here on the WWE podcast and one of our oldest, and I mean that, of course, in a relative way, uh, one of our oldest and original. She's the OG, one of the OGs of the WWE podcast uh, and actually just posted a show with her last night. It was a repost from two years ago. It was the last show that her and I did before the pandemic. It was about a week before really crap hit the fan and everything shut down. Everybody started remote learning and all that stuff. You know, you started working from home in mid-March, but we did it the week before. Uh, I believe it was March 7th or so, um, just before things hit the fan. So you get to hear about us talk about things that had nothing to do with (laughs) the pandemic. And we were just so oblivious to what was coming. And we previewed the 2020 Elimination Chamber. So I posted that for you guys last night. Uh, We'll also be uh, resuming the What If next week with Anthony DeMarco, God willing. (laughs) So uh, Anthony DeMarco and I will be back next week on Monday night to talk What If. But um, as far as Ashley goes, guys, the reason I mentioned her is check out her podcast or subscribe to it. It's called the Kick Ash Podcast. It's Kick, A-S-H, all one word, uh, the Kick Ash Podcast. Wrestling focus, not just WWE, it's AEW, and uh, gives some great opinions. Her shows are about 30, 60 minutes, so absolutely uh, a reasonable amount of time. So check her out. Give us some support. I know that she'd appreciate it, and uh, um, it's it's always so much fun having her here on the show. And so uh, definitely give that a little bit of love. And same here you know, with our show. Please give us a five-star rating and review if you have a moment. And last but not least... Uh, besides the one dollar uh, entry to get into ad free experiences, if you just hate the ads, you can get in through it through Patreon or on Apple Podcasts. There's a ad free button. But we're revamping the website, as I mentioned in my previous show. We are going to be totally redoing the website, and it's going to be a much more streamlined, fun experience. I'm I'm really hard at work working with our web designer, and I think it's going to come out really nice. And it'll probably be a few weeks, maybe a little longer. But I think the finished product is going to be uh, a lot of fun. We're, we're going to have something called the VIP lounge there. Okay. Uh, and that VIP lounge on our website is going to be uh, exclusive video updates and everything ad free. So you'll not only get ad free, but also video updates on the VIP lounge. So something to think about. So that'll be a, an option for those of you who still use web browsers instead of apps. That Those still exist. I know. It's like using CDs instead of uh, streaming, right? <laughs> Or like DVDs rather than streaming or I don't know. Uh, All right. So anyway, um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And I want to jump into Monday Night Raw. So Raw opens with with good Lord. I mean, I love Randy. I really have warmed up to Riddle from where I was with Riddle. If you you guys listen to this show, I completely just before he came into RK Bro, I thought he was insufferable. And he found his place with Randy Orton. Randy Orton was the yin to the yang of of uh, Riddle. He balanced out the character perfectly. They found chemistry where I don't think they thought chemistry would be for this long period of time. RK Bro has been very lucrative. They're selling a lot of t-shirts and merchandise, and they have nice chemistry on screen. We can start to see the pieces fall apart, though, and eventually we I do believe it's going to be Randy versus Riddle at WrestleMania. I think we all think that's going to happen, and, I, and it should. I'm fine with them breaking up. They've had a nice run, and I think it's just time for them to continue to move on. That's all. That's all, and, and I think it's it's cool. And they've had a good run. I'll be very shocked if past WrestleMania they're still together. I'd be floored. So 
I'm looking forward to that and seeing who turns on who, if it's going to be Riddle who turns on Randy, or if it's the traditional Randy Orton heel turn, you know, number 846 of his career with dropping Riddle with an RKO and maybe punting him or whatever, you know, so I, I could see that happening as well. Um, you know, and, and taking the safe road and try to, instead of trying to turn Riddle heel personally, that's the road I would take because it's more interesting. I mean, Randy Orton has made a career out of just doing, making heel turns where people love to cheer him. They cheer the, people cheer the RKO regardless. I mean, regardless of whatever he's doing. I mean, he could, he could literally, you know, punt kick your grandmother in the ring and then, you know, uh, hit an RKO and you cheer it, right? And the RKO is just such a fan favorite. There's really almost nothing that Randy can do to stop the cheers for the RKO. Nothing. Like, almost nothing. You'd have to go super morbid, okay? Uh, just get into some dark stuff to have the RKO get booed. It's it's almost impossible. But Randy Orton is a heel. We know what we're getting. We know what we're getting with the RKO or with Randy Orton. We know what we're getting with him as a heel. He's good. He enjoys it more. And it feels more natural for him. He's a decent babyface. There's no problem with that, but it still never feels right. It's like Seth Rollins is a babyface. It doesn't feel right. So where I was getting with this is going back to Raw. They have a 20-minute. It was 20 minutes of an opener of this quiz bowl. The final round of a, uh, a three-round competition, I guess, to determine if Randy Orton and Riddle are going to be able to you know, challenge for a rematch for the tag team titles. You know, and beyond the logic of, and putting aside the logic of, the fact that you have to go through a quiz bowl and doing 500 laps around an arena uh, to qualify yourself to get a rematch in an era where rematches are given out, I mean, as a birthright. I mean, it just happens is is bizarre, but they're trying to stretch the rematch uh, in, into several weeks instead of it, the traditional, well, okay, you get a rematch and let's just trade blows one week where you get the one up, then I get the one up, then you get the one up, right? It, so I, I, I have no problem, you know, as, as much as you think I'm going to rant about this tournament style itself, I, I appreciate the effort to make it different. I appreciate that. So I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, just berate their effort on trying to make it different instead of a traditional program. That, I, that's cool. However, in execution, I, I think I'm entitled as a, as a uh, consumer of the product and an and a, um, investor of the product to comment on when things are awful. And I, I've had a couple of reviews lately on Apple Podcasts. And you know, I was, I was going to not read this because some people say, oh, don't give them attention. Uh, well, here's the problem. I, I want to respond and I can't. Um, and so here's my chance to, which I guess incentivizes more people to write bad uh, podcast reviews. But here's the thing. You, you write bad podcast reviews. You're actually still helping me because you're writing a review regardless of how bad it is. So yeah, have at it. Uh, but anyway, uh, but also if you like the podcast, definitely go for it. So I'm um, only going to read one of them. Um, so here's the thing. One of them was from James Ryan. So I don't. I would imagine that if he hates the show so much, he's not listening. But I've held, I've also had people respond to me, and I'm like, well, if you hate it so much, what are you listening for? He says the host is the biggest crybaby. He has ten negative things to say for every positive thing. It's insufferable. Um, the host is oblivious to things that happen and provides inaccurate views that are very opinionated. 
The show has gotten worse and worse. I don't understand why people have voicemails played for everyone to hear and their email addresses shared with everyone. Host seems very smug and doesn't sound competent. Okay. Uh, well, okay. First of all, James Ryan um, <laughs> hiding behind your in- anonymous uh, username that you can just create when you write these reviews. Okay. I am of the belief that if you own your own podcast, that you can you can say whatever you want. That's what the, this what these shows are for. And for a product like WWE, I'm a consumer of that product. I invest my money in that product every day, every day. And why am I not able to have my own opinion? Am, uh, you know, am I not? Am I just supposed to sit here and be an apologist for WWE? And am I supposed to sit here and always try to find the positive? That's not what this show is not the the uh, the the rainbows and unicorns podcast. Okay, this is the WWE podcast. If you look at our description of the show, we are a straightforward, easy to understand, uh, honest analysis of the of the product. Something along those lines is what I put in the description. So, my point is, if that if you don't want to hear the truth about what I feel, then there's a lot of other shows out there that. Are, are a much more cushy for WWE. You want to go listen to a, a much more cushy WWE podcast? Go listen to Corey Graves. You know, go listen to somebody that has a invested interest in the, the company they actually work for. The, the great thing is we don't work for the WWE here at all. And we can just, we, we, we say it like it is. We're not trying to say garbage to, to get clicks. That's not what we do. We're very honest. And I pride myself on that. And I think all of our co-hosts do. That we are very honest about what we say. And if we don't like something, we don't like something. We're not going to make it up just because you don't like negativity. You know, go listen to a self-help book or something. If, if that really bothers you that much. As far as me being competent. Yeah, well, it, it'd be very difficult for somebody who's incompetent to create a podcast, a successful podcast, wouldn't it? It'd be very easy for somebody who's incompetent to write an anonymous negative review. So, Yeah. I think I've uh, I think I think I've said what I need to say there. Anyway, as I insult my listeners, uh, some of them anyway. <laughs> let's get back to Monday Night Raw. I just wanted to address that because I really felt the need to uh, because these people just hide and they hide. That's cool. That's cool. It's the internet. But this twenty minute opening segment was uh, it was it was honestly it did not come off well. It was too long, and when I saw all the categories up there, you know, metric conversion, sports, pop culture. All these things, I said, no way they're going to go through all of them. I said, no way, right? They'll pick a few, something will happen, somebody will bust out in a fight, and they'll eventually get their match anyway. Nope. They went through every category. Every category. And they booked this as if it was some kind of like one-hour Iron Man match where the one person gets a pinfall, the other person gets a pinfall, then the next team, the, the heel gets two pinfalls, and it looks like the, the baby face is in trouble, and they rally back to tie it. It was booked exactly like an Iron Man match would be. A true Iron Man match. We haven't had a 60-man Iron Man match in WWE, at least to my knowledge, years. I mean, it's, it's been a long time. I'd love to see a 60-minute Iron Man match again. Uh, but that's how they booked it. And yes, it's interesting TV when they, you know, they, they're, they're trying to make it interesting by having the teams tied and, oh my God, are, are RK Bro going to pull that out? Of course they are. Of course they are. We're, we can have them lose and then, what? Oh, well, I guess we're not doing anything for the next few weeks. Come on. 
So Riddle and Randy win. RK Bro wins. And they have to now, or they are awarded a Raw Tag Team title rematch at Elimination Chamber, presumably. I don't think we got a location, but I would imagine that it's uh, that it's at Elimination Chamber. However, Riddle is also involved in the Chamber, so maybe they'll do it on the Raw before. Maybe they'll do it next week or something, you know, or the week after. But I, I don't believe there's a location or a destination yet for that. So I don't know. I was not a big fan of this. I thought it was it was really amazing. We're in the thick of WrestleMania season, and they open up a show with a the twenty minute um, game show. It was absolutely amazing. Man, how I long for the days of uh, Stone Cold opening up Monday Night Raw and making it feel like, you know, anything could happen. It, it's far from that now. All right. So beyond that, let's get to the next uh, next piece of this here. And I may not go in perfect order. Sometimes you, some of you like when I go in order, others don't. But uh, okay. Alpha Academy defeat the Street Profits via pinfall. When Chad Gable pinned pinned Angelo Dawkins with a roll up, so there there you go with a roll up. That's not the only one of the night. Don't worry. But the Alpha Academy defeat the Street Profits as the Alpha Academy are building towards a pay per view, and that's kind of the rule, right? When um, you have a uh, a team challenging or the champions who are who are defending their championships heading into the pay per view, the rule is to make them look as strong as possible. And I understand why. You know, it's it, it's always just been the logic. You can't have them lose that all-important momentum. That literally means nothing, but they try to make it mean something uh, before the pay-per-view. So in this case, the Street Profits are the uh, the enhancement talent, which is insane. I mean, the Street Pro- when's the last time the Street Profits won a match? It's amazing how far they've fallen. I mean, I have no, I have no worries about them. I'm sure that they're, they're, they're going to be just fine. Everybody has to take their lumps in the division. It's a cycle, and right now the Street Profits are on the, the, on the very bottom of that cycle. But I have I have no doubt that you know even come towards WrestleMania time we could be crowning them again Raw Tag Team Champions. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it, you know because I think RK Bro is going to lose their rematch. That will start the uh, descent between Orton and Riddle. The Street Profits will crawl themselves back into the tag team title match, and they probably will regain them at uh, WrestleMania. That's that's my early prediction. Bobby Lashley and MVP cut an in-ring promo. They guarantee that Lashley would retain his championship uh, when he faces the five other men in the chamber. And that's uh, right now Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, AJ Styles. Uh, I'm forgetting one person. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Oh, Brock Lesnar. Duh. So those are going to be the other five people. And Lashley, or, or MVP is... Uh, guaranteeing that Lashley will retain his championship. And the the cool thing was that Lashley got on the mic and he stumbled through a couple of things. He's never been an excellent promo, but he's serviceable to good at times. And Lashley got on and um, said that it's not Bobby Lashley who's locked in the chamber with uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, but rather Brock Lesnar who's locked in the chamber with Bobby Lashley. Nice little plan words there. So... Is fun. And I do believe it will come down to Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Hopefully we get that at that point. Hopefully we get a nice, um, a, a nice, um, just real match between the two. And it's not this bizarre slow motion ma- match that we got kind of half-assed at the pay-per-view last time. 
or uh, excuse me, at the pre- premium, not premiere, the premium live event of the Royal Rumble. So AJ Styles then defeated Damian Priest with the phenomenal forearm in a match that was good. I enjoyed the match. I thought they had really nice chemistry together. Uh, it was a little bit slow. I have to say it wasn't super quick paced. It felt like it was moving in slow motion at times. Not really a complaint, just an observation. But other than that, I thought there chem- it was a, just a smooth match. Um, and having Damian Priest take the pinfall here was actually surprising. Because Damian has, got, most of the time, been at the focal point of things. He's the United States champion. And he loses to AJ Styles clean. Both presumably baby faces right now. And AJ Styles is quietly collecting victories. Now, they could be doing that to help build him towards the chamber and make him somewhat of a dark horse potential winner. That's probably what they're doing. But it's weird that it's coming at the expense of Damian Priest, who's your champion, who who you've been building for the last few months, really the last year since you teamed with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania last year. So... Uh, just interesting. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this. AJ Styles is an otherworldly talent, and I think there is one more run left in him. I've said that for now. It feels like a year or more since he t- uh, started tagging with Omas. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I hope there is one more. Dominic Mysterio defeated The Miz via pinfall with a roll-up. Again, I'm reading off of CBSSports.com. If it sounds like I'm reading, I'm reading I am. So... The match came, and I'm reading this verbatim, the match came after the Mysterios were guests on Miz TV and Miz taunted them for beating Dominic the previous week. How many, by the way, how many in total, how many Miz TVs have we had in our lives? It's got to be hundreds. It's It has to be the most utilized talk show platform in WWE history. They love to say they, they're making history. We're going to make history. This is history. That's ha- This is history. We're going to make th- you know, all that. Well, this has to be a piece of history right now. Somebody has to figure out the total of the number of Miz TV shows. It's insane. It's more than the Cutting Edge, KO Show, Carlitos Cabana, uh, you know, the uh, Piper's Pit. What, what I mean, there, there's more. There's many, many, many other spinoffs. Jericho had his own talk show at one point. Dean Ambrose had his own talk show at one point. Uh, yeah. So I, I've just, it, you take all those combined. I mean, Miz TV might still beat them, even combined. It's insane how many Miz TV segments there are. But we had Maurice there, and uh, Miz was called a liar by, I think it was Dominic. And the line of the night for me, the line of the night was the Miz saying to Dominic that, you know, wow, you, you know, that uh, you, you're taller than you, than your dad. Are you sure you're not, you're sure that Eddie's not your father? That was awesome. I'm so glad somebody finally brought something back from that story from 2004. It's been what, 17 years, my God, 17 years. 17 years since that story got 2004. Can you believe 2004 was 17 years ago? Or no, 18 years ago. See? That's how far, that's how long ago this was. My God, 18 years ago. Where does time go, guys? Where Where the hell? I mean, all right, I'm, I'm having like a, a, 
a bit of a midlife crisis right now on, on air. So I'm going to pretend that I didn't say that. It was a while ago. That helps me out. It was a while ago. It was it was, it was several years ago <laughs> that Dominic had that storyline, and I'm glad the Miz brought this back up. It it was a, a perfect a perfect line to get some kind of emotion out of Dominic, who was otherwise got the emotional acuity of a, of a houseplant. It was nice to see a little bit of emotion from Dominic, even if it's just one dimensional. It's nice to see he shoves the Miz. And then we're off to the races after uh, Dominic Mysterio then beats the Miz with another roll-up. So there's your next roll-up. There's your second roll-up of the night. Yeah, so it's like two in an hour, um, the first part of the show. And this is this does appear that it's going to continue through Elimination Chamber, probably a match between Dominic and Miz at, uh, at the Elimination Chamber. I don't see Ray getting involved in this because... Who who's he gonna who's he gonna tag with right or who's Miz gonna tag with can't tag tag with Maurice so I do foresee it's gonna be a Miz versus Dominic matchup at Elimination Chamber and I'm fine with that I have no complaints there Dominic in the ring is is to me not an issue at all Miz I I don't know how people get behind the Miz on any kind of level and look i respect him, i respect him for for sticking around for so long from his early days hosting smackdown mr Hoorah. remember that god i have secondhand embarrassment just saying that if you want secondhand embarrassment go watch the miz i think it was it might have been around the same time that this was all going on uh, with eddie and uh, dominic believe it or not it was in the early 2000s and uh, it, it was having the Miz hosting SmackDown. He was just known, known as Mike, uh, the Miz, Mizanin, right? And because he came directly from the real world and they were just kind of having him on as a nostalgic act or a, um, a novelty act from the real world TV series. And he would host SmackDown and he'd be in the crowd and he's saying, I don't even know what he would say, but he'd say, hoorah, that was all he'd had. That's it. And the Miz also has had some really bad. If you want another really bad Miz segment that'll make you have secondhand embarrassment, go watch the Miz. This is in his early days. Granted, I'm I could I'd be way worse than him. So if anybody thinks that, oh, you you can't do it, yeah, I probably couldn't. I'd be bomb. I would be a bomb on air, of course. Okay, so uh, anybody that's saying you 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 never walked to, you know, two steps in their boots, right? But I here's the thing. I I admit I would be terrible. That doesn't mean I can't have an opinion about about uh, about things. So now, uh, what I was going to say with the Miz, you want another secondhand embarrassment moment, maybe even worse than Hoorah, is when he came out to talk about the Total Divas um, Total Divas contest, and he gave the number that you could to uh, to call, and it was just totally botched. Just search the YouTube. Did I say the YouTube? How old am I? Jeez. I'm going to say the Facebook next search YouTube and go to Mike uh, or just search the Miz total divas contest or something like that. It it's, it's cringy to watch. It makes you crawl in your skin because you feel embarrassed for him and you feel embarrassed watching it. It's like, you don't want to, if, if anyone saw you watching it, I'd feel embarrassed if someone watched me watch it. I don't know how else to put it. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that, but my point is with the Miz as a character, him with Maurice is so, 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 so much better than him with Morrison or even him on his own. 
Maurice just does something to him that I don't know what it is. Elevates him to another level. And Maurice, yes, is an extremely attractive woman. It's not that there's just a presence about her and they gel so well together on air, which is doesn't always translate perfectly on camera. We saw it with Becky and Seth. I know that I bring that up as an example all the time, but it's the most recent example I can, I have is that when Becky and Seth were baby faces teaming together against Corbin and Lacey Evans a few years ago, they had zero chemistry on air. And I think it actually hurt both of them in a big way. In this case with Miz and uh, Maurice, I think they gel perfectly together. I have no problem with them on air. I think that they are um, tolerable characters. They don't make me want to change the channel or gouge my eyes out. But my, my point is, with just from an objective standpoint, looking at the Miz character, he, he doesn't like there's just nothing about the Miz that gets you emotionally invested. He has he, he is barely aged, like from a physical standpoint, it looks like he doesn't age to me. He's still just he looks like a kid. He doesn't feel like a grown man. And, and I'm not insulting him. I, and that is, I guess, kind of a counterintuitive statement. I'm really not trying to insult him. I'm looking at it just purely objectively, taking all the stuff I feel about his character out, looking at him as a human being. He's got a very young look to him. That's a better way to put it. The, the Mike Mizanin has got a very young look to him, even in his age where he should be looking a lot older. And maybe adding a beard will help. Uh, changing your hair, growing it out. Uh, I, I don't know, but the Miz is wearing the same outfits he was wearing 16 years ago. There's been no evolution of his character. He cuts the same promos in the same way. He's been using them. When my hand goes up, your mouth, he's been, he's been using that forever. He's, he's, he's also been saying, welcome to the most musty WWE talk show in WWE history. Welcome to, and he says it as fast as he can. We, we, He's been using the same thing. It's like, again, it's just he stopped evolving as a character like 10 years ago. And he also looks very young. So it's like it's almost as if The Miz is stuck in some kind of infinite time loop. That's why I, I don't feel much for The Miz. And I don't take him seriously ever. Nearly ever. Outside of the Daniel Bryan talking smack segment, which may have been the highlight of his career and may end up being the highlight of his career. Beyond even um, reinventing WrestleMania, which was a joke. But that, it's, it's just as if the Miz is stuck on this hamster wheel of, of he's outside time and space somehow. So I, I don't mean to deep dive into the Miz character because I'm really not trying to trash him. This is just it's just an observation. Nobody can tell me he's ev- how how has the Miz evolved? And I don't get to get Owen all riled up on this. A resident heel. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he'll write in and. He'll uh, he'll have some choice words for me. That's fine. I'm waiting for it. I know I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm making my bed. I'm gonna have to lie in it tomorrow night. But that's how I feel about it. Like I, I think he's he's an asset to the company. I think he's a good heel. But he's just stuck. He is stuck forever. And he's been stuck like this for 15 years. So I, I just. I think that's a big reason why I just feel nothing. I feel like I feel nothing. I just look at him and I feel just n- just neutral, nothing and no emotion. Just kind of, oh, there's the Miz with Maurice. I want to skip ahead through the segment. All right. So uh, let's move on. Bianca Belair defeats Nikki A.S.H. after hitting KOD. Uh, CBS Sports says this was a pairing of two of the five women who will take part in the Women's Elimination Chamber match. You can expect more of this. You can guarantee it. 
makes sense that Bianca Belair defeats Nikki. It's a bit surprising, however, that Nikki, who is freshly turned heel, is being beaten cleanly. I know that her program isn't necessarily with Bianca Belair. It's with uh, Rhea Ripley. But I guess they looked at this and said, hey, you know, Bianca needs a little momentum. Nikki just turned heel, which is more important. And they went with Bianca Belair. That's fine. You know, the match was fine. And, and seeing Nikki get her ass kicked is always fun. Her character is awful. And I mean that in the best way. I mean that in an actual complimentary way because they have casted her correctly. So, uh, and Bianca, I, I fully expect Bianca is going to go full, just full bore after the uh, SmackDown or the Raw Women's Championship after Elimination Chamber. Things are going to go crazy, I think, on the Monday Night Raw after Chamber. Okay, Kevin Owens defeats Austin Theory via pinfall after hitting a stunner. Owens got revenge for a loss to Theory the previous week, pitching that he should take Theory's spot in the, in the Elimination Chamber with a victory. Though that was not a stipulation of the match, Owens would later make the pitch to Sonya and Adam, but both said that Theory would keep his spot since he'd won the qualifying match a week earlier. So I had no problem with this matchup at all. I think the matchup was really good. Austin Theory is really, a, to me, he's a he's like the smarter worker version of Ricochet. Meaning, Ricochet can do crazier things and does do crazier things. And maybe Austin Theory could probably pull off some of those moves. But I think Austin Theory works smarter rather than harder like Ricochet does. Like Ricochet is a very one-dimensional character that he's all about the maneuvers and none, nothing about the emotional investment. Austin theory, I think is more reserved in the ring and seems to be smarter about the bumps he's taking. Now I could be wrong about this interpretation. I haven't seen a lot of Austin theory other than what they've shown us on the main roster, but that's, that's how I look at it. Young guy who's got, does have potential. He's got a good look. He's a good looking guy. And I think he he's very smooth in the ring, very smooth. And Kevin Owens is an excellent worker, so you you really can't go wrong with this matchup. It's it's also amazing that given that Vince is trying to give his rub to Austin Theory again with no explanation, none. We've got no reasoning. Vince just woke up one day and said, "Hey, he he remind he's got the name Austin. I like the name Austin. Why do I like the name Austin? You know." Then it hits him, and then he's like, "You know, what? damn it." This kid reminds me of me when I was his age. He, Vince actually in real life must see some of himself in Austin Theory or would rather or rather wishes that he could be Austin Theory so he's living vicariously through him. That sounds very childish and, and almost preposterous, but Vince is a childish man. Smart genius, one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. But he has the mental acuity, especially a sense of humor, of a child. Um, smart businessman, genius. Again, I'm not I'm not I'm not equating Vince McMahon to an actual child, but childlike in certain senses, and also very, very um spiteful and sometimes a spur of the moment kind of guy. And I think this is one of those things with Austin Theory that's going to wear off quickly. Because Austin, Austin Theory, with all the rub he's gotten, all the camera time that he's gotten with Vince, it's not helping out his reaction when he's coming to the ring. 
It's not helping out the crowd going, oh, boo, you're with Vince, you're the teacher's pet, boo. No, no one's doing that. Everyone's just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So this is not helping Austin Theory right now at all since Survivor Series. This is not helping him out at all because no one knows what the hell is going on with him and, the, and McMahon. And I do not believe there's a actual payoff. It's just, hey, let's continue this, kid. We'll figure it out as we go along. Bad idea. That's not how you write a book. You know how you write a book? Everyone knows. You write the ending first and work backwards. Because if you write yourself and book yourself into a corner, and all of a sudden you realize that based on what you've you've told so far in your story, you can't get to the destination that you have in your mind, well, now you're screwed. That's why you always have the destination in mind and you go back. But oftentimes, that's not how WWE books. books. So, uh, but as far as Kevin Owens go, he is obsessed with getting into the chamber. He tried convincing Seth to use his quote unquote influence to go to Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce to get that stipulation approved. Uh, Seth, I think reluctantly agreed, but never did anything. And since Kevin Owens won his match, he thought that he was going to replace Austin Theory, which didn't happen. That's creating some tension. And it's going to continue to create some tension between KO and, uh, and Seth. Do I think it's going to end up in another match? I hope not. As good as those two are, and, and together they're, they've been really good, they just had a WrestleMania match together a couple of years ago. Kevin Owens got injured in that match. He came back like five, six months later. And uh, you know he was, wasn't the same. Very just in and out, randomly doing a KO show here and there. It, it really messed with his career. Now, I'm not saying Kevin Owens would get injured again, but my point is that they just they don't belong together as a as a one on one versus the other at this point. Seth is on a different trajectory right now. He should be WWE champion. I hope he captures the belt at WrestleMania, the WWE championship, that is. But I do believe, unfortunately, Brock Lesnar is going to be going into that match as champion because Vince wants champion versus champion and title versus title, which is completely unnecessary. And it's unfair to the other guys on Raw. It's really unfair. It should not be title versus title. There's no need for it. It's really putting all of your eggs in one basket type of thing. And I don't think it's a good idea. So I do believe Seth should be crowned champion at WrestleMania. We'll see if that happens, even at Elimination Chamber. Hell, if Seth wins at Elimination Chamber and goes into WrestleMania as champion, I'd love that. And then retains at, uh, at WrestleMania. But I think the consensus has been that Seth is long overdue for a championship run. But I don't want it to come at the expense of breaking up KO from him just to have a match with him. I, I That I don't want. We've seen it too many times. And I, do I think it's going to happen, though? <laughs> 50-50. There's some tension building. And Kevin Owens can blame Seth next week for not being able to get into the uh, chamber because he didn't do his part and talk to Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. So uh, it's, it's, inter- it's interesting, though. It's an interesting storyline. Kevin Owens is always fun to watch. He feels super authentic on the mic and in the ring. And I, Kevin Owens is such a relatable guy, even as a heel. Even as a heel, the guy feels relatable. So... All right, let's take a quick break for the sponsor. We'll be back on the other side with more Raw Review. Hey, so if you guys have a podcast or are thinking about one, you know how important it is to have great audio quality and have great intros and outros. It tells your audience that you're serious about what you do. So don't leave your audio up to chance. Get it done by a professional and look no further than Alex with DB Sound. 
He's on Fiverr and has over 1,300 five-star reviews. There isn't a single negative review. Guys, I've never seen this on Fiverr. So check out DB Sound. And what does he offer? Well, there are three different packages starting at $10, $20, and $30. And he offers volume leveling, noise minimizing, adding your intros and outros. He'll deliver it as an MP3 and a super quick turnaround. That's extremely important, right? You want your product done well, but you want it quickly. So again, you're going to want to search DB Sound, all one word, on Fiverr. And I'm going to put a link to this service in the description of this show. So you're going to want to check this out, guys. DB Sound, go check it out and experience it for yourself. And you'll understand why there are 1,300 five-star reviews for this service. So check it out, guys. You'll be really glad you did. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, everybody, welcome to back to the, uh, the Raw Review. Let's move on. Dewdrop defeats Liv Morgan via pinfall with a Vader bomb in another meeting between women set for the Elimination Chamber. As I said, this is going to be a running theme for the next couple of weeks. We'll probably eventually get 3v3. We'll, we'll get that tag team of, uh, match. That's probably going to be next week. That's my guess. Hasn't been confirmed. But Liv Dewdrop does defeat Liv Morgan, and boy, this sets Liv Morgan right back to the bottom of the pile, doesn't it? Because Dewdrop just lost to um, just lost to Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and in, in, a, in a, a heck of a showing from her. Biggest match of her career. But now that Dewdrop has lost, then Liv Morgan loses to the loser. Well, that puts Liv Morgan right at the bottom of the pile. Liv Morgan, I said this last week, maybe the week before, what the hell is her record? C- can somebody look this up? You know what? I, I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look up, let's see, WWE. There, there's a, a really good website, um, WWE Stats, and, but it's not that. Um, maybe it's, okay. I have, okay, here we go, win-loss records. I'm going to do this on air. So I'm going to do women in WWE in 2022. Let's look at, let's look at Liv Morgan. This is just 2022. She's two, five, and zero. That's just 2022. So she's won two matches, lost five. Yeah. So not that these really mean anything, but she is uh, she she doesn't win a whole lot. Let me let me just put it that way. She does not win nearly at all. Let, let's you know what? Let's look at the women in 2021. That that's a, a complete year of women. So. Let's look here. Uh, okay. So Liv Morgan, her record 12, 15, and 1 in 2021. So well under 500. Liv Morgan doesn't win a whole lot. By that, by comparison, think about this, guys. This, this one will knock your socks off. Charlotte Flair, in 2021, her record is 21 and 22. One under 500. She, was, she won 45% of the time on, on Raw, 60% of the time on SmackDown. Now, guys, don't forget, this also is inclusive of tag team matches, multi-women matches. This is every match she's been in. So it's not just one-on-one with somebody. I mean, I can dig into those stats too, but uh, where I'm getting this is WrestleTalk.com. So I'm getting this off of a credible site. It's not just, you know, some random uh, some random dude site, okay? So interesting, right? And, and now wins and losses don't mean a whole lot. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. 
but that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. That can, that can be a deep dive, no doubt. Okay, let's move into more of what happened here. And uh, Riddle defeated Seth Rollins via disqualification after interference from Kevin Owens. Owens attacked Riddle on the outside of the ring, bringing Randy Orton running to the ring to hit Owens with an RKO. So that is, uh, to me, a um, another sign that the tag team of Riddle and Orton, or I'm sorry, um, Seth and Owens, not Riddle and Orton, Seth and Owens could be close to breaking up because this cost Rollins essentially the match when it didn't need to. And that inevitably led to a tag team match that was hilariously dubbed by Jimmy Smith as we can't believe our eyes, but we have a main event tag team, something along those lines. Uh, Hey, Jimmy, have you not been with, uh, have you not watched pro wrestling for maybe five minutes when the odds are even out and you have the heels retreating? What do you think is going to happen, right? It's just the Teddy long rule. It's a Teddy long rule player. You're going to have a tag team match. Jimmy Smith said that. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you can't believe your eyes? Are, 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 you, are, you, are you really trying to sell us on how impossible of an outcome that was? That My God, nobody saw this tag team match coming? Oh, re- relax, Jimmy. Relax. So it was a great main event, though. I mean, at the same time, I was also hoping that we'd get more of Seth and Riddle because they are just... There's so that's a pairing you can have an Iron Man match with. That's a pairing right there. They're so good together. Their their styles are very similar and they complement each other very well. They're both young, super athletic. I would love to see more of Riddle and Rollins. And when they, when they gave them like 15 minutes at the end of the Raw, I'm like, cool, we're gonna have a classic. And it broke down into, well, we gotta have we gotta have Orton out there and Owens. So we had a tag team match ten Raw. Um, so Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens defeat RK Bro when Rollins hit Riddle with a stomp. The interference in the main event led to an impromptu tag team match. As I said, uh, it's the WWE way. That's what CBS Sports said. Uh, after the melt, after the loss, which came hours after RK Bro had earned a tag title shot, Orton hit Owens with one more RKO before the show went off the air. So there you go. I mean, the, the crowd still went home happy, even though the heels won. Uh, 50-50 booking again at its best. So they they can't help themselves. The the heels win to end the show, which is fine. You don't often see the heels win to end the show. WWE is very big usually on having the crowd go home happy, but they did. They got to see the beloved RKO not once but twice. So there is that. Um, and um, again, this, this is going to also strain the relationship of RK-Bro because they lost the tag team match. But they still have their, their tag team title match. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving parts here, a lot of likely splits of tag teams between Rollins and Owens and, and RK-Bro probably on the horizon. The problem is you're also in a tag team division that barely has any tag teams. So how many teams are you going to split up? So we'll see. But overall, it was a really bad start to Raw. I think it got better, and uh, it, it, it was capped off with... Uh, or, or part of it what I didn't talk about yet was Lita, and I'll get to that in a minute. But it, it was a, I think it was a decent show. You know, I, I did kind of crap on it in the beginning, and I broke some stuff down that I didn't like. 
I think it was better than last week's show. Um, and the one thing I'll say too about Lita. So here, here's the description. This is the, the final segment I'll talk about. Lita made her, the, her way to the ring to open the, sh- the final hour of the show. And she claimed that being in the ring for the Royal Rumble made her feel like she was at home. She talked about how she wanted a match with Becky for a long time. And the Raw Women's Champion made her way to the ring to address her Elimination Chamber opponent. Lynch thanked Lita for saying the kind words about her. And about, without Lita, there would be no Becky Lynch, which is actually true, by the way. If you go listen to the Broken Skull sessions with Becky Lynch, one of the better ones that he's done. Infinitely better than when Sasha Banks was on there. Sasha Banks was just, to me, uh, super obnoxious. And I feel like she's actually Mercedes, obviously, her real name. It feels like she's trying to live the Sasha Banks character. I'm not a fan of how she portrayed herself on uh, Broken Skull Sessions. But Becky Lynch, I think, was great. Came across authentic. And she did talk about how Lita is really the one that inspired her to to have a wrestling career. So that is act. This is true. There's a lot of truth in this. That's what makes this cool. Uh, so let me get back to the description here. So Lynch then took a hard turn in her words, saying that now that there's a Becky Lynch, there can no longer be a Lita. Lita admitted that she was the underdog heading into the match and has no problem with that. The tensions continued to build until things turned physical. Lynch quickly got the upper hand, putting Lita on the mat and delivering a series of stomps before walking off. Lynch thought better of leaving, returning to try to hit the manhandle slam, only to have Lita reverse it into a twist of fate before hitting a moonsault and forcing Lynch to roll out of the ring while her challenger celebrated. Here's the analysis from CBS Sports, and this is the last thing I'll read. Lita and Lynch actually had decent chemistry on the mic, and Lynch's sinister transition from being flattered by Lita's comments to saying there could no longer be a Lita was well done. Your excitement level over seeing Lita in the ring at this point may vary, but it's happening, and WWE is going to follow their playbook to get there. That playbook includes the challenger winning the initial physical confrontation, just like Liv Morgan and Dewdrop did to Lynch in the championships, uh, the champion's most recent major programs. They gave this a B, and I would agree. I think a B is a fair grade for this segment. It did what it needed to do. It was good. Wasn't great. It was just good. And if you if you aren't excited about Lita coming back, this probably didn't help you. But if you are excited about Lita coming back, this didn't hurt you. It kept you where you, wherever you're at on the Lita train, whether you're on it or off it or partially on it, I don't think it moved you one way or the other. I think this kept you where you're at. And that's okay. That's okay because this, this segment was good. It was good. Uh, and I think it got... The, those that are excited to see Lita in the ring, more, uh, maybe some of you more excited, maybe. Uh, but I I mean, for me, I, I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup, seeing what Lita has. I don't think there's any question that Lita is probably not going to win. She keeps talking about that one more run, but I think fans would resent her from for beating Lynch. I, I, you know, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the long term, I think they would resent it. In the short term, they'd feel like, oh, cool. Wow. Lita is champion. What? Right after 15 years. So there's definitely a case to be made for Lita to win, but it's WrestleMania season. If it was any other time of the year, I'd say, yeah, Lita's going to win this. Even if it was SummerSlam, I'd say, sure. WrestleMania, different ball game, different outcome. So I don't think Lita is going to capture the women's championship, but um, I'll, get, I'll wait for my official predictions at the end of next week. So, well, I think that concludes my week or my week in review. My uh, Monday Night Raw review. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. I have my mailbag show coming tomorrow. 
which is inevitably two hours long. I mean, it's always like two hours plus. It's 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 very, very difficult, I got to say. But we make it work. You guys are the ones that make it happen. We are here to give you a voice, and the Mailbag Show is your show. So uh, anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. Consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And consider also going ad-free on Patreon and on Apple Podcasts. So you get rid of all these silly ads, right? All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. As always, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey, so if you guys have a podcast or are thinking about one, you know how important it is to have great audio quality and have great intros and outros. It tells your audience that you're serious about what you do. So don't leave your audio up to chance. Get it done by a professional and look no further than Alex with DB Sound. He's on Fiverr and has over 1,300 five-star reviews. There isn't a single negative review. Guys, I've never seen this on Fiverr. So check out DB Sound. And what does he offer? Well, there are three different packages starting at $10, $20, and $30. And he offers volume leveling, noise minimizing, adding your intros and outros. He'll deliver it as an MP3. And a super quick turnaround. That's extremely important, right? You want your product done well, but you want it quickly. So again, you're going to want to search DB Sound, all one word, on Fiverr. And I'm going to put a link to this service in the description of this show. So you're going to want to check this out, guys. DB Sound, go check it out and experience it for yourself. And you'll understand why there are 1,300 five-star reviews for this service. So check it out, guys. You'll be really glad you did. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.